All right. Well, church family, that was a little bit of glimpse of heaven this morning. We get to worship the Lord, and let me tell you, it's going to be loud in heaven. Amen? There's thousands and thousands. The angels are going to be singing, and Revelation tells us that there are so many things happening in heaven, and it's just going to be a glorious place. Amen? Amen. So I got to see Colton come out of his shoes today in worship. I saw tears flowing. I saw some electric guitar, and it was awesome. And that's what heaven's going to be like. Everybody worshiping the Lord. Amen? All right. Well, listen, Pastor Darren's away, and he started a sermon series last week called Crosswords. Crosswords is the words that Jesus spoke whenever he was on the cross. And there are some, some very important things that we need to pay attention to of the words that Jesus said. And I want to pray for you today. Because I believe that before we leave today that there's going to be some that have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ and today that you're going to walk out of here walking in his righteousness, walking in knowing his grace and understanding that you are a sinner just like the rest of us in in need of forgiveness and you're going to receive that today. Others of you here today have been here for a long time. You've been walking with the Lord for a long time and that includes myself whenever I was in fifth grade I heard a pastor speak and uh, he painted a picture of hell that day of what it was going to be like and let me tell you as a fifth grader I ran out of that pew in my church that day and I surrendered my life to Christ but as time goes on you may be um, needing reminded of the goodness of the Lord, of the grace that he has given you and this gift that he has, has just given us freely and we have received it and you need the Holy Spirit to fall on you again reminding you of your first love and that's gonna happen today. So would you join me in prayer? If you're here today, if you're online with me today, God's gonna speak to you at home today as well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you. And Lord, we are so blessed. So blessed, Lord, because once we are separated through, through our sin, Lord, you provided a way for us to come into relationship with you. Today, we're going to open up your word in, in the gospel of Luke. And Lord, I ask that for your Holy Spirit to fall on us today that you would speak loud for those who need shouted at Lord that you would whisper gently and Lord that there would be a movement of your spirit here today so God we surrender to you in Jesus name Amen Amen. well not one of the workers requested a shovel a pick a hammer, a cave navigational map, nor headlamps. No, no one asked for a single tool to help them dig their way out, but every single worker was excited about someone from the outside coming down to pull them out. And who could blame them? These 33 miners from Chile were trapped 2,000 feet beneath the earth's surface. For two months, 
they were trapped. Do you remember this story in 2010? They survived on a spoonful of tuna, a morsel of peaches, and a sip of milk every other day. Not a very good diet, huh? While they waited to be rescued, they encouraged each other by exercising and reading the Bible. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Above the rescue, or above, the rescue team consisted of the Chilean government, the experts in the field of mining, and NASA as they devised a plan to rescue these 33 men. They created a 13-foot capsule. Do you remember that capsule? It looked like a, a Tylenol pill, but it was very large. They devised this 13-foot capsule that one by one that they were able to get into and be pulled back up to the surface. The first hole that was drilled was for communication, and they were able to lower things back and forth for communication. It was just a small hole that they drilled. And there's where they got the rations, and they got um, Bibles for the 33 miners. And the second hole that was drilled was drilled for excavation. And then finally on October 13th, 2010, all were rescued. One by one, they began to emerge. They each were put into the capsule and hoisted back up to the earth's surface. Well, each had their own story that day. There was a grandfather, a 44-year-old that was planning his wedding. A 19-year-old that was just getting started in life, and this was one of his first excursions down into the earth to excavate the, the gems. With each, their, they had their own story of victory, of their yes, rescue. There was a different story from each one, as you can imagine. And there was a man that was named Yanni Barrios. There were two women waiting for him. One was his wife of 31 years, and the second was his mistress. You're awake. The first did not, the first did not know of the second. Maybe that's why he was one of the last ones to come out. And then there was Jose. He was the 24th to come out. He was the man that requested 33 Bibles be lowered into the cavern below. For he was hosting a daily Bible study. Jose's attendance was very high, I'm assured. (laughs) Well, when you're 2,000 feet under the surface, they all agreed that they were in great need that day. You accept all the help you can get when you're trapped a half mile under the earth's surface. When they all accepted the fact that there was no way out and that they needed help. So no one returned the offer of rescue with a declaration of muscle. No one sent a message back up to the rescuers saying, no thanks, I'm just about to get out of this mess on my own. No one said, just give me another day or two and I'll dig my way out of this mess. Nobody tried to save themselves because there was no way out. 
In fact, they unanimously reached a conclusion saying, we need help. We need somebody from up there to come down here and pull us out to rescue us. And maybe you've reached that conclusion today, my friends, that life has beaten you up, that you have come to that place where you just feel trapped, there's no way out, and you need someone from up there to come down here and rescue you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And that's exactly what Jesus did for both of the criminals that hung on both sides of Jesus' cross. Jesus offered to rescue both of them. So today, I want to take a look at Luke chapter 23, verse 43, where Jesus says, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. It's the greatest rescue of all time. Richard's here today. I like it when you feed me back. All right? So if you have something to say, let me hear you. And if God, if God is saying something to you, say, oh, me. If God is saying something to your neighbor, say, oh, my, and give them a little nudge. The greatest rescue of all time. You may need rescue today. In the 1970s, I was a teenager. Can I see the hands of you who are teenagers in the 1970s? There were some great bands like Boston. Can I hear it for Boston right here? Can I hear it for the Eagles? Oh, yeah. The who? Can I hear it for Chicago? And there were others. Now, my parents would not let me listen to this music, but when I got out of the house, let me tell you, I was listening to some good classic rock. And I, when, I, when I get out of church on Sunday, I push that button and I hit some classic rock. I like to hear that, nah, 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 those guitar. It's good. It's good. Well, there was this song called Two Tickets to Paradise. Two tickets. Jesus on the cross had two tickets to paradise. One chose and one rebuked. Have you ever been to Hawaii or the Caribbean islands? The white sands, the warm sun. We've probably needed some of that even tomorrow morning. It's going to be nice and cold again. Can you feel your toes running through that sand? The... Waves of the ocean just kind of beating against the, you know, the, the shoreline. The sun setting. It's beautiful. How many of you have been to Hawaii? Let me see your hands out there. How many of you have been to the Caribbean? All right. Now that I got you daydreaming, let me have you come back. <laughs> come on back. Yes, there'll be some snow in Colorado tomorrow morning. And now let's paint the picture of what's happening in our scripture today, Luke 23, 43. I want to take you back a few verses and read the account of Jesus' interaction with the two criminals on the cross, his conversation with you-know-who, the sinners. But before you get too judgmental, remember, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means you 
and that means me. It could have been us on that cross. And matter of fact, it was us on that cross because it was for our sins that he died. Luke 23, verses 39 through 43, says this. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since we are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then Jesus said, or then the gentleman said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then Jesus responds by saying this. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. It doesn't matter how long you've been away, what you have done in your life, what matters most is that moment that you surrender your life to Christ. In our next service, we'll have a young lady getting baptized. It's a beautiful picture of acceptance, of believing, of surrendering, and receiving Christ. And that's what this gentleman did on the cross. One of the criminals on the cross began to shout insults at Jesus, saying, aren't you the Christ? Questioning. Then save yourself and us. But the other man stopped him, saying, whoa, 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 whoa. That's Rick's translation, by the way. Verse 40, don't you fear God? You are getting the same punishment he is. We are punished justly for we are getting what we deserve. So I wanna break it down for you this morning. I call this the road to paradise. Notice what the criminal did. The one who said, whoa. First, he acknowledged. He acknowledged that he is in great need You remember our miners, they were in great need. There was not a single thing that they could do to save themselves. And as this man hung on a cross, I can imagine that all the things that he had done in his life that separated him from God, that his mind was just racing and he acknowledged that he was in great need. There was not a thing that he could do for him to be saved from that cross that day. But what he did do is he acknowledged that I am a sinner in need of grace by saying we are getting what we deserve in 41, the first part of that. Here's what it sounds like. Help, I need you. And you may find yourself there today. Pausing, reflecting on your life Realizing there is not a thing that you can do to save yourself. The response that you need to have today is help. I am in great need. Next, he states the truth. He states the truth by this in verse 41, the second part of this. But this man, excuse me, going through puberty up here. But this man has done nothing wrong. 
The truth of Jesus's life set him free. Here's what I believe was running through his mind that day as he hung there and he's reflecting on his life and what's about to take place. This man is sinless. He's not at fault. We are guilty and he is not. We are filthy and he is pure. We are wrong and he is righteous. He's not on the cross for his sins. He's here for ours. And finally, in desperation, he recognizes Jesus for the grace and the forgiveness that only Jesus can offer. On that cross, we had the ABCs of salvation. Acceptance, believe, and confess. And someone said, you don't understand grace until you actually need it. How many times in life have you come to that situation where you're just up against a wall in life and you know that um, you are in need of grace? I see your hands. I, I hear that amen. Yeah, I see that hand back there. I believe that God, by the power of his spirit, is speaking to you today. You are in need of his grace today. <clears throat> you don't understand God's grace until you need it. Well, you may have heard about the story of a 16-year-old who had three car accidents in her first month of having her driver's license. Listen, my daughter hit a light pole in a parking lot her first month of driving. I can relate to this story. <clears throat> I thought the light pole was going to snap off and fall right on top of the car. This girl got three car accidents in her first month of having her driver license. But she was a fine young lady. <clears throat> she attended Sunday school every Sunday her whole life. Always quoted her memory verse <clears throat> that was assigned to her each week. So when she came, so she came well prepared as she spoke to her father about her first accident. First saying, Dad, 1 John 1, 9 says, if I confess my sins, I shall be forgiven. <clears throat> uh-huh. And when she told her dad about the second accident, he was not pleased, to which she responded, Dad, I just need a little grace. <clears throat> Can you just give me a little grace, Dad? To which her father responded and said, honey, there's lots of grace in this house, but not so much from State Farm. <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to lose your license, he said. And she said, perhaps we can remind them then that 1 Corinthians says, love keeps no records of wrongs. <clears throat> Hey, you can't blame a young girl for trying, right? <laughs> Corey Tamboon said this, you never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. That's right. There are times in life that you will just come up against it and you'll be looking around and say, how did I get myself in this mess? And that's exactly what the criminal did. 
He came to that point in his life where he's hanging there next to Jesus. Some theologians say that the, the, the crosses weren't lined up to where they couldn't see each other. They are actually in a semicircle to where they could see the pain and the agony that was taking place on each one of their faces and in their lives. You never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. And that's where our repentant criminal found himself. Jesus, you're all I need and you're all I have at this moment. His second response was this. He did the most important thing in his whole life. He asked, he offered up a prayer to Jesus as he was hanging there on that cross that day. If it was football, it'd be called the Hail Mary. <laughs> Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, he's, he asked. The prayer. All it takes is a simple prayer. God, I know I'm in need. God, I know that you are righteous and I am not. I recognize that you have paid the price for me. And today I receive you. I accept you. I surrender to you. I ask you for your forgiveness today. Now more important is what Jesus said. Look at his response. After hearing the heart of the man, Jesus responds by this. The third person in this conversation is the most important part. Jesus comes and I believe once again he probably turned and he looked at him and said in verse 43, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise oh my friends on that day <clears throat> Jesus gave both sinners the choice he had two tickets to paradise that day one chose and one rebuked the question is what is your choice today on that day freedom came to the one who chose him the one that chose him had an eternal choice. One refused him and the other received, or one refused and the other received, excuse me. Think about the thief who repented. We don't know much about him. We don't know his name, but Jesus does. And he knows your name today as well. He sees you. He sees you, Richard. Yes, sir. Yeah. He sees you. He sees each one of you today. He knows your name. He knows what's happening in your life. Here's what we do know about the, the, our criminal on the cross. He made some bad choices. You've made some bad choices as well. He chose the wrong crowd. He had the wrong morals and the, chose the wrong behavior. Doesn't it sound a little bit familiar? where we find ourselves trapped in our behavior. His crime led him to a severe punishment. The law of man said punish him to death. However, pay attention. 
Pay attention to what, what takes place next. Just like the miners, this man was in a situation that he could do nothing about. But when he encountered Jesus, everything changed from condemned to set free. He finally made the best choice in his whole life. You see, when God lowered a rescue capsule into his world, he climbed in. Jesus was his rescue capsule that day. And today, Jesus is your rescue capsule. You may find yourself hearing this for the very first time, and my hope is that you will make that choice of choosing him today. But you have also maybe have been walking with um, Christ for a long time in some way and somewhere along the, the path that you have forgotten about the goodness and the grace of God, and you need to find your way back to Christ today. In the end, all his bad choices were redeemed by one, a solitary good one, just by saying, I'm in need. Remember me, Jesus. And then Jesus performs the miracle of forgiveness. A sin-soaked criminal is received by a blood-stained Savior. Someone said, there's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. You may be wondering today whether God can do something with the mess of your life. Today you may find yourself on either side of Jesus' cross. You're looking back over your life and you're saying, if only, if only I could make up for those bad choices. The good news today is that you can, just like the criminal, One good choice for eternity offsets up all the bad ones on earth. And the choice is yours, my friend. On that day on Calvary's Hill, two men hung next to Jesus. They saw and they heard. Today, you have heard the good news of Jesus. One chose him, the other mocked him. The question is this, what's your choice today? You may be asking today, is there hope for me? The answer is yes, grace is what Jesus offers all through scripture. Peter needed it when he denied Christ. And it came that moment when Jesus and Peter came eye to eye. Peter was in need of God's grace. Paul needed God's grace. And our criminal on the cross needed it as well. And today, you are in need of God's grace. So my friends, God answers the messes of your life with one word, grace. Say it with me, grace. You can't drift too far. You can't wait too long, slip too much, or wonder if I've sinned, out-sinned the love of God. Grace is what you need today. And I wanna make sure that happens, that you encounter the power of the Holy Spirit, that you see yourself hanging there on either side of of Jesus's cross and you come to that place today where you recognize that you are in great need, that you need someone from up there to come down here and to rescue you today. Today, you can be rescued. 
today you can give your life to Christ and that you can be baptized and set free and that you can in the end hear these words today you will be with me in paradise